Welcome to Conversations from the Edge of Consciousness. I'm your host, Christine Madeira. For me, and possibly for you, the inner world of consciousness has always been much more real and way more fun than the so-called real material world. Growing up, I thought I was alone in this, but I'm not. There are a lot of us, and far too many have no one to talk to who shares this experience. I've been lucky to cultivate a community of friends who love to talk about the energies, ideas, and vibrations that are pushing the edges of our own consciousness, as well as our collective consciousness. In Conversations from the Edge, we share our conversations with you. Welcome to Conversations from the Edge. This is your host, Christine Madera, and I am here today with Katie Kiefer. So Katie, thank you for being here. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I always enjoy doing these. Okay, so can you give just a little thumbnail about who you are and what you do? And then we're going to jump into our juicy topic of the day. Mm, yes. Um, really, the, the biggest thing that I love to do is to help people step further into radical permission to be their sovereign selves. The more I play with that phrase, the more it's like, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what we're doing. And it's wonderful. Great. Okay. So, so our conversation today is really where prayer clashes with the universal law of free will. And this has been a topic that I have really bantered around with in my own life for years and years because I truly, truly believe in the power of prayer. And I've also seen and experienced prayer as the violation of other people's free will. And mm -hmm. even growing up in church, you know, a lot of it was, we're going to pray for this to happen for this person. And even as a child, my question was always, Does that, is that what that person really wants? Now, it was one thing, like if somebody was in the hospital and they'd asked for healing and everybody prayed for the healing, but sometimes it was like so-and-so's child was kind of, you know, off the rails a little bit. And we were supposed to pray for that child to come back into the fold. And I thought, well, that's not really your business. That's not my business. That's between that, that person and like their inner divine or whatever I, I phrased mm -hmm. it at the time. And it always seemed to me inherently an inherent violation to use the power of prayer to try to control somebody else's life. But we do it all the time. And I actually include in prayer the entire, you know, your 24-7 vibrational communication with the universe. Every thought, every emotion, every vibration, every everything that like, I truly believe that we are always in a state of communication with our inner being, with the universe, however you want to phrase it, and that that truly is in and of itself a form of prayer. And so even in your thoughts, and especially thoughts that have a lot of emotion attached to them, when you are trying to control somebody else's life or controlling the external world, controlling the government, controlling somebody you, dis you disagree with through your thoughts, mm -hmm. through your emotions, through your, your, whether it's an intentional prayer or just this, you know, this focused energy, like that's still a violation of free will. 
And that's a violation of universal law. And there's no police here policing universal law, but there's got to be some consequences to violating universal law. So now that I've rambled on for just quite a long, long time, Katie, I want you to comment on this and then let's jump in further. So, yeah, what you're saying makes perfect sense, because when we're looking at the vibration, whether you are consciously focusing on it or not, when you have that vibration focused, then yeah, you can really be infringing on free will and not even realizing that that's what's happening. And so is I keep hearing this concept that free will cannot be broken. And in the larger context, that makes sense to me, mm-hmm. even though we see it happening on the earth all the time. The other thing is you, you talked about consequence and there is consequence. So what is Always. that? Because, because it's karma. There's a universal, the universal law of vibration and there's universal law of focus, which together we were talking about them before we hopped on here, kind of work as prayer. Like that's sort of the two laws mm-hmm. that govern prayer. And then there's this free will law, which is a really, I mean, that's a high level universal law, but I mean, so is vibration, so is focus, but the free will aspect is huge. Yeah. So even if when we're using our intention, our focus, our vibration to try to control somebody else, there is that karma. And the karma is, is not for that other person, right? The karma is for the person who's actually doing the controlling. Karma is also known as cause and effect. Yeah. Now, when, when we have that kind of focus and we have this particular vibration, so say if we're sending out a vibration that is very focused on obligation onto somebody mm-hmm. else, it can absolutely affect them. But we are the ones who deal with the karma because we created that in the first place. So the consequences will show up in our own lives regarding obligation. We'll find ourselves in obligation, even if not in this lifetime. If we don't, if we don't correct it in this lifetime, it may show up more prominently in another lifetime because we've created that, we've sent out the cause, and we have to deal with the effect of it eventually, somehow, some way. Well, Unless a- we make the change to negate what we did. Okay. So let me comment on that for a moment first. And then I want to like, let's talk about the negation because if you're not a cause and effect karma person, and a lot of people have really decided that they're beyond karma and there's, there's a truth to that, but the idea of, you know, you brought up um, obligation that if you are sending out, uh, I had a conversation with somebody the other day and we dismantled obligation with this because her, I, her idea was that these people she was working with had an obligation to act in a particular way because that was how good people acted. So there's a lot of juicy stuff to work with with that, with, but that's a very common kind of thought. Mm-hmm. But she was the one that was suffering because she was the only one that was under obligation. Like they were doing what they were doing, but she was in her own obligation prison because she felt obligated to act in a certain way based on how she thought they were obligated to respond. 
And so I'm like, well, they're obviously not responding that way. So how would, how would that change who you are in this situation when you're free from obligation as well? So when you're bringing obligation or anger or discontent or distrust or, you know, all of the, the, the energy and the emotion that you're bringing to a situation, what's happening in that situation is to amplify discontent, to amplify obligation, to put you in a particular kind of situation as the person who's projecting that energy that you, if you did not project that energy, would have an entirely different experience of that situation. Mm -hmm. So even cause and effect that simply in in the actual projection and perception of the moment of that projection is, is in and of itself its own cause and effect just in that moment, even if you don't take it to other kinds of lifetimes or down the line. If you're operating in that energy and you continue to put that out, that energy is constantly going to be projected back to you until you decide to let go of that energetic signature and that vibration. But what you'd said was perfect because when we can let go of those kind of toxic emotions, those controlling emotions and energies and thoughts and all of these things that we bring to vibration and a focus projecting onto somebody else that ultimately messes with or intends to mess with their free will and really messes with ours, um, then it frees everybody. So how, how does that work for you? To really let go of the energy, it becomes that self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. for me because if i am expecting something from somebody else that's unspoken and there there is an important distinction here to make is mm -hmm. that you know if you have a conscious verbal agreement very defined then it's reasonable to have the expectation that each party is going to fulfill that and so there, there's an element that with that that makes sense but if you're expecting something from somebody else such as behavior and this Based is on your own hidden assumptions exactly so if we if you start asking the question to yourself why would i why do i expect that from them mm -hmm. and especially if you're really upset and angry that mm -hmm. they're like not doing things the way you think they should be done that's not that's your stuff it's not theirs and so it, bringing it back to self and just kind of gently and kindly being really kind to yourself, assessing that, well, why would I think that? Why do I, why do I think that they should behave this way or that way? And just get really real with yourself. And the inner knowing will start to become more conscious. And then you can actually start making the shifts, going into and doing the energy work, depending on how lodged within yourself that is. Yeah, and definitely energy work, especially if somebody else is assisting you with that, they can see and shift things that mm -hmm. are stuck in your system much more easily than you can do it yourself yeah. in a lot of ways. So I'm very into the self-awareness piece. Also, when I notice that I am having a reaction or a thought that is less than the highest good for all, basically... I do do some of that self-examination work. And then the other piece that I do with that is what do I really, how do I want to be in this situation? What do I want to feel in this mm -hmm. situation? How do I want, how do I want this situation to be? And it goes to free will a lot because what I've really been navigating recently is that what I desire for myself 
you know, I can't impose that on anybody else, but I can hold the energy of allowing that for everybody, which I think is a big deal right now where we've got a lot of polarity in the world where if, well, if I'm safe and I got mine and those people over there, you know, that's okay. That's their problem over there. Uh, but I've got my health care, I've got my income, I've got my other stuff. And, you know, that's all I need to, to operate in which in some sense is true, which we won't go deep into that. But the other piece of it is if I'm feeling grateful for what I have, that I can offer that experience up to anybody else who would desire that experience. So if I know that if I got sick, I could get into a hospital, I can hold that, that intention that everybody who is in need of care can get care in a an easy, reliable, you know, way that does not cause bankruptcy. You know, I can bring those things I desire for myself. And I found this very powerful that when, like, if I choose to feel more abundant in my life, that I kind of offer that up as an experience for anybody who chooses to have that experience, because I've noticed in myself, there's, I'm dismantling that, that us and them piece. And so when, when I, ask for something for me. I'm not saying let everybody have all the peace on the world that they want, because that's almost an imposition as well. Mm -hmm. um, if yeah, we're trying is. to create peace elsewhere, but, you know, we can offer that up as, you know, thank you for the peace that I am having in this moment or that I want to have in this moment, if it's an inherently unpeaceful moment and offering up the um, opportunity for peace for everybody else that who would who would choose to who desires it or chooses to um, partake or embody that so that, i found that quite powerful but it's always been coming back to if i'm judging somebody well when why am i judging them and what is it about yeah. me that's in lack and how then and then making that shift of the, oh this is this is that underlying desire beneath the lack and then offering up that desire and that energy for, for all so that I'm not hoarding it, I'm not imposing it, but I'm adding to the amplification of, you know, gratitude, of abundance, of peace, of friendship, of, you know, inclusion, of whatever it is that people are desiring. And I found that to be quite powerful for myself and a way to begin to reformat prayer in my own system mm -hmm. from something that is you know kind of the santa claus prayer which is what a lot of people have like please gimme 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 to embodying the vibrations and the focus and the energies that i choose to and just offering those out to the world and to anybody who chooses them from that place of free will that is beautiful thank you and you know that really makes me think of i mean the difference we we because we tend to think of prayer as that direct communication. Mm -hmm. And there is a focus when we're in active prayer, active, conscious, mm -hmm. deliberate prayer, which makes perfect sense. It sounds to me like what you prefer to do is to embody and radiate out that which you desire mm -hmm. or what you desire that would like in your greater reality. And so yeah. there's a big difference in sitting down or having that direct, very focused energy of this is how I want it to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And so that creates an imposition. Mm -hmm. Somewhere, somehow, there is an imposition with that. 
But when you embody that for yourself and radiate it out, Mm -hmm. it's an offering. Yes. Here's this vibration. Here's the energy. It's up to you if you want to partake or not. That's a very different way of going about it. And both, to me, are truly prayer. Well, and it comes back to the, the element of sovereignty because, you know, when you're operating from that place that I need the world to look and be a certain way and I need these people in my life to behave a certain way and I need, you know, all of this kind of stuff in order for me to feel a certain way like I want to feel, that is absolutely offering, operating out of non-sovereignty. That is trying to create externally that which you want to experience Mm -hmm. internally but not taking responsibility or cultivating the ability to actually embody those things that you desire internally and offering that up to the world so so for Mm -hmm. me and and you know what you embody you ultimately experience because what you perceive you project and so the more you're perceiving from that place of i love to i love to embody love like that's that's my, that's my juicy place. I love love. I I really do. It's like the most fun, beautiful emotion. I just, I wander through a store radiating love for fun. I mean, this is just what I do because I entertain myself this way, but I, I would love to be in a world where there was more generous, open, allowing an expression of love. So I have noticed over the years that the more I practice embodying, you know, love and just being love as I wander through the grocery store, that that's what I experience from other people. So people who are angry, they'll talk to somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They'll talk to me. Or my experience of somebody is not the same experience as somebody else has, even in the same situation. And I've had that before where there's been like a clerk that says something and I'm like, oh, that was perfectly fine and legitimate, blah, 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 because I'm interpreting it through this lens of I just like, I like to receive things in love. So that's how I receive it. And other people are saying that was the most rude thing I've ever heard in my life. And like, then they cascade downward in this spiral of emotion. And I'll be like, well, you know, I, I didn't experience it that way. And, and um you know, I, I experienced it this other way and I just sort of bless the situation and, and step away. So I think what you do project out, you do see in the world and you receive more of in the world. Mm-hmm. And so when you're in that place of sovereignty, you really are creating an entirely different life because you're embodying that which you would like to experience and see. And so kind of like that, that confirmation bias, that's kind of what you notice in the world. That's your lens of interpreting things in the world. And you begin to see the things that confirm that underlying sense of um, your own vibration that you're putting out. And that's true if the vibration you're putting out is anger or rage or hatred or separation or love or joy or peace or gratitude. It, it operates in the same principle and you can have 10 people in the same situation with 10 underlying assumptions about assumptions and experiences of vibration. And they will have 10 completely different um, interpretations of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love how you put it. It's like, you know, somebody who's angry and I'm exuding love, you know, they're going to talk to somebody else. Yeah, that's great. And, and, you know, if you're dealing with that with people who are a little closer to you, it can mm-hmm. be really entertaining 
because when you start to exude these different energies, it's like, they don't know what to do with you and they respond differently. I mean, Mm -hmm. now how powerful is that for creating your own experience? And that, that's a major factor is when we really, truly start to embody just taking responsibility for our Mm -hmm. own experiences. And that doesn't mean that we become blind to the experiences of others. We're not blind to that. We just choose to, yes, I recognize and I see that that's what's going on over there. I'm choosing this vibration. And you choose that. And then you stay in it. Usually it will take practice to Mm -hmm. stay in it if it's not something that's been in within you for a while or ever. It can take some practice, but you just keep Mm -hmm. coming back to it and it's fine. But it, it is, it's amazing how the world around you responds. So it is, yeah. I mean, either we're the creators of it all or we're the creator of none of it. Yeah. So it's either, to me, there does, there does come a point where we have this total polarity of full sovereignty or full victimization. That's a good contrast because when you look at your own energy, and all the places that we tend to go to the anger and the, the jealousy and the rage and all of that kind of stuff, we tend to think about things in terms of love and fear, but, but sovereignty and victimization is perfect because those places where we do take responsibility for ourselves are places that we feel sovereign. And those places yeah. that we feel like life is beyond our control and we're sort of gripping and clawing and grabbing and trying to manipulate life to be more under our control or to be a particular way are those places that we tend to feel like a, like we've been victimized or that in victimization also meaning that we're hopeless to affect that situation um, ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, it's not necessarily victimization. Like somebody comes and directly victimizes you. It's the, the ability or the, the lack of, feeling like you have authority or or sovereignty in your life, the lack of being able to feel like you've got a way to impact your own self or your future. You're right. It's anywhere you feel like you have no authority at all. It Mm -hmm. means that you also feel like you have no authority over yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's the key. You might not have authority over the circumstances that are going on around you, you always have authority over how you choose to show up and how you choose to respond always. Now, most of us have dealt with the the concept of being hijacked because Mm -hmm. the, the conditioning, um, especially like when we have that fight, flight, freeze response, when the nervous system goes haywire and is like, Oh Mm -hmm. crap, it can feel like you're hijacked. But there comes a point where there's, even in the midst of that, you still have some authority over how you respond. And with yes. practice and time and understanding that, you can dismantle the triggers that cause the nervous system to respond. You can, you come more into a powerful place of, I recognize that my body is responding this way, but I choose to remain aligned and in my my higher understandings and do my best from here. That in itself is authority of your own self and your own perspective and how you show up. It is absolutely. And that's not, that's not just like, you know, some airy fairy spiritual thing. When you look at how they train professional 
whether it's professionals, whether it's professional soldiers or professional um, race car drivers or other people who are put in, or police officers who are put in high stakes situations. When you're operating from that hair trigger in a high stakes situation, you're operating from that place of victimhood because you don't have dominion over your own response. Like you're not able to operate from that higher level of understanding the larger context of what's going on and being able to navigate that from a place of, of sovereignty and inner power. If you operate from the nervous system reaction, you're going to be very ineffective. And if you're operating from that place where you've dropped down beneath those reactions and you can operate from a deeper level of sovereignty, a deeper level of control, a deeper level of power, then you are going to be inherently more able to navigate that situation. So that's just one more reason why cultivating this sense of sovereignty and beginning to step away from some of the reactive emotions and the reactive situations um, can be helpful. And there's one other level of that that you touched on, and I wanted to just come back to it, that when you begin to act differently around people who are used to you, and you come to a situation instead of being confrontational, because if you think about confrontation, if you're trying to impose your will on somebody else, well, how is that ever going to work? Because when somebody tries to impose their will on you, how do you respond? It becomes this very tight conflict of mm -hmm. one person's will versus another person's will, which just strengthens the will. It strengthens the anger. It strengthens the discord. And it, it makes it so there's really, you know, like one outcome. It's kind of like following the same script again and again. So-and-so tries to control. Yeah. So-and-so reacts. Everything explodes. The kids go run and hide. And if you come to a familiar situation with a new emotion, like this love or allowing or gratitude or whatever it happens to be, the, what the person expects from you is a conflict or some other measure of control. When that's not mm -hmm. there, there's nothing to fight. And so right. that creates space for something new to happen. And you know, when you're with people who you live with, sometimes those negotiations take place outside of, you know, the, the verbal or interactive element. You know, if you're, if you're around somebody enough, you've got things happening at the vibrational level that begin to, to come and arise in your interactive level that's a little bit different than out in the world. But you'll find that anytime you bring a energy a higher level energy to a place that you had brought a lower level energy you will inherently change the dynamic of that um, relationship that old conflict that old story and it's magical when you do that and there is that place of confusion but people either double down and try to get you to fight and if you or con can conflict and if you just choose not to then eventually that burns itself out and there's a a different resolution or you create space for that person to make a different choice. And so especially if you tend to use prayer to get somebody to change, if you actually just withdraw that intention to try to make them be something that they don't want to be, and you allow that space energetically through love, through gratitude, through, you know, appreciation, through allowing whatever it happens to be, and they don't have any they don't have anything to fight. Oftentimes people will make changes. It may not be the change that you want, but they'll make positive 
beneficial changes because all of a sudden there's spaciousness to do that, to respond and react a different way. And if they can drop out of that hair trigger fight flight and a little bit deeper into that place of having some more autonomy and, and um, sovereignty about what they are choosing, they're able to make better choices for themselves. Not always, but often. And so just simply changing how you pray and how you bring the energy forward and just love and allow people to be who they are and, you know, support their highest well-being. You can have more of an effect on them if you're willing to let go of your own agenda for what that should be. And that's the other half of it. Like you can't, you can't have it. If you bring your agenda to it, even if you're bringing your agenda and love at the same time, you're still in an agenda and you're still like, you know, out of yep. their free will. And I have people like, well, I know what's best for them. I'm like, okay, one, no, you don't. Two, Ooh, yeah. can you imagine if they said that about you? Like, how would you respond? And like, well, they would never know what's good for me. I'm like, okay, so like, yeah, let's create they, that they, safe they. space. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, um, and it's really interesting. Um, I, I do want to interject for yeah, a moment if this is okay um, um but it's really interesting because in theta healing there's two things we can do mm -hmm. without permission sending unconditional love from the creator mm -hmm. it's not from us it's asking creator to send unconditional love and we can pull um like waywards so like you can do what pull waywards these earthbound souls that are just Oh, okay. kind of hanging out that aren't that shouldn't be here anymore or who are mm -hmm. stuck or whatever the case might be we can pull those that's it and yeah. you know i even had a i had a, a few years ago i want to say mm, probably about four or five years ago maybe a friend of mine actually even questioned that and she said who are you to do that and it kind of took me aback but i mm -hmm. was still in that space of needing to save everybody mm -hmm. thinking that oh my god i can see that this is what's going on with them i want to help them and so you know i was still like eyeball deep in that and mm -hmm. thank god let me tell you when you let that go and you start coming out of that and taking responsibility for yourself and claiming your own authority makes a whole difference because you allow others to have their own authority as well and yes. And, you know, who am I to just send some random person unconditional love? If I've worked with a client, a lot of times I will send up extra unconditional love with the intention of just simply supporting them on their path. That's it. Nothing more. But at this point, um, it's, it's really like I don't even do that anymore. If I'm sending unconditional love, it's simply because it's they've asked for it that's the big thing is that they've asked for it um i also do send appreciation like a, like if somebody crosses my mind and i have this big wave of appreciation for them i'll ask creators like please send them the appreciation just send them that energy of the appreciation and it's and that's in, in a very non-invasive way Hmm. Okay. So I do things a little bit differently. I totally agree about the unconditional love. Everything I do is really by invitation. So right. for me, 
I do, I, I expand this at word um, in invitation. And I, I do actually, I have in the past, because a friend of mine who does this work said I had a gift for being able to assist disembodied souls to leave. But I do it by invitation. Like you don't ever impose your will on right, anybody doing right. that. But, um, it, but even today, like, so today I was in a store and, you know, right now they're counting people in, they're counting people out, all this stuff. And the person who was counting out had, had before I got in the line to count out, she had fallen and she'd hit her head on a pallet or a, or a counter or something, but she was bleeding in her head and there were people around her. They'd called the ambulance, all of this, but you could feel a lot of fear and a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and a lot of, of this happening around there from the woman herself, but also everybody around her who was, who was in this situation because they weren't sure what to do. Everybody's wearing a mask. So chances are she passed out because I mean, who can breathe in those things for eight hours, all of this kind of stuff. But in that, that situation, what I did is instead of choosing what my fear of the highest outcome for her would be is that I just offered up that everybody was operating from their from their highest ability in the moment for the highest outcome of all and not dictating what that is because who knows well, I don't know what the highest outcome for anybody is but I know that by by offering up a different vibration than fear and anxiety and stress people can make better decisions so yeah. I was I was not imposing anything on anybody, but I was just, you know, putting some spaciousness in that situation for the highest outcome of, of everybody concerned. The woman herself, the people treating her, the people who are obviously in distress, who were her friends, um, her coworkers and things to just allow that situation to resolve in the highest way for all concerned if they choose. Because I also added, you know, in, in harmony with their highest good and their highest desire. Because yeah. what do I know, you know? So I, right. I do, I'm a little more expansive with that than, than you are. And I, I mean, I run around just radiating love, just with fun because it feels good to me. And I don't impose it on anybody, but people are free to kind of bask in the energy if they want to. And I will right. have people who follow me around a store, not as a stalker, but they just kind of, and I'll see, you know, like for the sixth time, and they'll just kind of smile slyly and <laughs> see you again in the next aisle, you know, so... So it's, and that's fine, because I, I understand the, the energy of what they're, I understand why it's happening, and that, right. you know, the intention is to just offer it to whoever is wanting it. So I actually do spend more time just enjoying the feelings that I enjoy and just offering them mm-hmm. out to the world and to the earth and to situations that are very, you know, fraught with um, tension to, because especially if they're fraught with tension in ways that might impact me. But if I can offer some spaciousness to this, then, then people operating not in tension and more in intention can be beneficial for me as well as other people. So I, I spend more time and more intention um, sending and offering a a wider variety of things, but they're all based in unconditional love, but they're kind of phrased in different ways. Wow. And I think that's an important distinction to make because I think one, there's a level of difference in uh, practice of mastery Mm -hmm. uh, between us and in large part, a difference in history. Mm -hmm. So um, if we have been conditioned that everything we do affects everybody else, which there is truth to that, even Mm -hmm. from the higher perspectives, but if, if we are conditioned to believe that we are responsible for 
the experiences and reactions and responses to others then there's this hyper awareness that that can happen that's where prayer can get really dicey because then it's it's defensiveness there's this defensiveness there and i remember doing this i mean Mm -hmm. vividly remember doing this in more, more than one occasion you know 20 years ago and more recently but not very recently and so there's that big difference of um, just conditioning history and mastery. For a lot of people who, particularly if you're in codependent um, situations and things where you are responsible for things over which you have no control, which mm-hmm. is its own kind of toxic environment, I can understand about once you start moving into these principles about, oh my gosh, how can, like, if my thought affects them, you know, and sending you into a spiral. And I, I did disregard that quite a while ago that I'm not responsible for anybody else's experience. I'm responsible for what I bring to the table in each moment. That's its own leap. If you're, if that's a new thing um, for people to be, to be out of the enmeshment of the situation. Right. And so, and, and I, so I like how you put it because really, you know, how I've done it, the idea of sending unconditional love to somebody that is highly focused vibration. And that is Mm -hmm. very intentional. Yet that intention can also be, because here more, more recently, the last several years, how I've been operating um, in just in, from that space of coming out of taking on responsibilities that actually belong to other people. Mm-hmm. As I come out of that and have come out of that, it's more of the, okay, I'm really thinking about this person and I, I really do care about them. So creator, would you please make this vibration available to them? which is like a stepping stone towards embodying, especially if it's something that I have trouble holding embodied all the time, just because mm-hmm. it's new and there's, I'm still practicing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like, and it's really, I think this is something that, something that I would like to move more into mastery with is very much like kind of how you do it is that, that you're just emanating that all the time. I mean, we are always emanating some kind of vibration. Yeah some kind of thing. And so the more conscious and practiced we can be with holding those higher, more loving, more kind vibrations, the better off I think the whole world will be. And there, there really is that difference of the focus then is on what you are doing and what you are bringing. And that makes so much sense. So you still have vibration and focus, but it's, it's turned inward instead of outward. The, the, the vibration is whichever one you're choosing, you choose love. Mm-hmm. You are focused on that you are emanating that vibration mm-hmm. and making it available for those who wish to partake. And that's it, nothing more. And that yeah. is really, truly honoring free will. I'll just say a little bit about how I came to that because it might be helpful for people and then we can, yeah, you can yeah. have any more comments and we can wrap it up. So when I was a little kid and when I was in Sunday school, cause that was my growing up experience, there was this verse that we learned in camp and it was, it was something about pray constantly. So it was being constant prayer. There's a few different verses about that. And, you know, it turned my little mind cause I was like, well, what does that mean? Like, and I've tried lots of iterations of this. I tried first that intentional kind of, you know, thinking in prayer all the time, which yeah. gets exhausting. You know, <laughs> like in math class, you can't just think prayer. It's like you have to think math. 
And so then I learned about mantras and I learned about, and I did some, you know, Om Mani Padme Homes and, and I had even some, some English mantras that I would just return to all the time as the intentional focus for my, my awareness. But it really felt like disconnected from source, from God, from the universe. And so I really began to realize uh, back, gosh, I was probably a teenager somewhere that everything that, that what I did as just my expression of me, and I realize this is not everybody, but I felt like my entire life was conversation with the divine, basically. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that that was how I was experiencing things, I just began to pay attention to what I was saying in that conversation. And when I was coming to that conversation in anger and fear and all of these things, I, you know, I, it, brought me back and it was like is this the conversation i want to be having and how do i want to be in this conversation that would always bring it back to me so if i was angry and i was expressing that in my conversation with life with god whoever you do it i was like okay this doesn't feel helpful to me if i want to be in this conversation in a different way i bring it back to to myself and what is it what is it that's causing this anger and how do I bring into this conversation the, the transformation of this anger into something that's freeing? Because my whole, my whole being is always about pursuing freedom, inner freedom. And so that just became, I thought about things in terms of a conversation of what I was saying in that conversation and what I was receiving in that conversation. Because when I was operating in anger and things like that, I, I wouldn't receive a whole lot. <laughs> right, <laughs> I kind of block right. stuff out. But as I would begin to shift and move into a higher element, I was able to receive more of that divine love in that conversation, which helped to keep me at that level of conversation, if that actually makes sense to anybody besides me, because I don't think I really phrased that all that well. Well, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that makes sense to you. It makes sense to me. And I bet anybody who's listening, if it doesn't make intellectual sense, if you expand out, and let it land somewhere it'll make sense yeah um but yeah and it all came back in the end to vibration like i just paid attention to yes i wasn't talking anymore i wasn't like having a conversation blah 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 it was the it was the vibrational conversation for me and exactly. so now for me everything just truly is vibration and like when i catch myself in vibrations that are not feeling good I explore, expand, and, you know, where am I, where am I giving away my sovereignty? Where am I making myself a victim? And how do I come back into love from that situation? When we're talking about prayer and free will, it's the vibration. Mm -hmm. And it's not always the vibration that you think you're putting. Yeah. I am angry and therefore, okay, I recognize I'm in anger. What's underneath that? Mm -hmm. Why? And so really becoming more aware of the vibration within yourself, which, I mean, most of us were not taught that. And most people don't remember the fact that mm -hmm. you remembered so much as a child, even if you didn't really intellectually get it, the fact that you've been able to navigate this as a child is huge. You've had a lot longer to practice than most of us have. Well, I think maybe I've needed that practice more than <laughs> well that's that's possible but i mean most of us are becoming aware 
um, especially those of us who are Gen X, old, the older millennials, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and boomers. I mean, I think every generation has uh, people who do remember and who do get it and are, and are in places where that is supported. But so mm -hmm. many of us just haven't been. And so we have to make that effort to make the change and become aware of our vibration. So be really becoming aware of our vibration and our focus and understanding that it itself is a form of prayer is really powerful in stepping into your own authority and being able to create your own experiences regardless of what's going on around you. Absolutely. Okay. So on that, let's wrap up this conversation. And can you tell people how they can connect with you if they would like to? Uh, the best way to like send me a message directly would be either through awakentheinnerlight.com and use the pop-up or coffeewiththeangels.com, which is for the books. Um, there's a pop-up there, or you can connect with me on Facebook through there's a coffee with the angels page and an awaken the inner light page. All right. Perfect. So thank you again. It's always such fun to talk with you. Oh, and, likewise. I, I love this. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk again soon. Okay. This is your host, Christine Madera. I hope you've enjoyed this conversation from the edge of consciousness. You can find all our conversations at conversationsfromtheedge.net. You'll also find links to schedule a private conversation with me or any of my friends, as well as tools to help you expand your own consciousness and explore what's possible for you outside the boundaries of your current perceptions. Feel free to use this podcast to start your own conversation by sharing it with friends, on social media, in your blog, or even in your own podcast. And as always, live the adventure of pushing your own edge. It's the most amazing adventure there is.